Hello and welcome to the Thomas and Way podcast number 04. Okay, Tony, I've just gone into your fridge. Uh, just to set the scene, we need to move over a bit for the mic. Um, set the scene, this is more impromptu even than more than the rest of them we've done. We, uh, we've been having a drink and a catch up and we're in my kitchen this time as opposed to Reese's kitchen. The kitchen podcast. Kitchen bars, so Hello, I'm Tony Wayne. I'm Reese Thomas. I just looked in Tony's, in Tony's fridge, and it's an interesting set. It's an interesting. Your fridge is full of like jars and bits and pieces, yeah. right? Like it's condiments. Condiments, right? Okay. No, I'm not a condiments person. No. I never have been. So, you don't like wet food. So, let me explain from my, from, my, from, from my point of view ketchup, brown sauce, vinegar, never in my house, ever. Pickles? No. So, funny, before Lucy moved in, I would have. So, my house would be just. Pure Reese Thomas, dry dry goods, which was a very a fruitful of uh, a fruitful of fridge, <laughs> fridge full of fruit. A couple of drinks. Yeah, I had a couple of drinks. It would be a, like a fridge full of fruit and vegetables. Yeah, and and then but lots of lots of wheat based products like bread. Okay, now I've looked in your fridge and you find so many things like mustards and lots and of mustard pieces. I mean, to barbecue me, sauces. Now, here's my sauces. big thing, big thing, right? Where do you actually store jam? Um, right, well I can answer that. When jam, in, in this house, in this house, Reese, jam is stored in the cupboard when the lid has not been opened. The moment the lid has been opened, it's been used for the first time, it goes straight to the fridge. Okay. I don't know if that's the proper way, that's just the way we do it. In my house, jam never, ever, ever, growing up, was in the fridge. Even when it was opened? No. I, I've seen it happen. That Cold would be the, jam is not good. That would be the way my grandparents would have done it. It's probably the correct way, but that's just the way it happens here. Yeah, but it's the way you pick up things from your childhood and you carry them on. You don't really realise it. Mm. I mean, I was one of the few people... I remember once when uh, ginger marmalade was my favourite... Uh, the only oh. thing I can eat on sandwiches are ginger marmalade. As a kid... Like Paddington Bear. That was, mar- that was marmalade. Just marmalade in general. Don't like... I cannot eat... I cannot, I cannot bear... Uh, fruit, uh, you know, orange marmalade, not not orange shred. Oh, it's all orange, it's isn't, it? isn't it? All. No, oh, ginger's ginger. But it's got orange. I think I've got orange in it as well. Oh, of course, it's ginger. Fucking idiot. It's not just. I don't know marmalade. I'm not a massive yeah, fan. Marmalade, marmalade is not. A, it's interesting. Okay, here's the interesting thing. Why is it called ginger marmalade or orange marmalade, but not jam? Why is it not called orange jam? I, I have no idea. I guess there must be a, a reason way of why. Doing. I thought it was because it all had orange in it. No, marmalade doesn't mean. There's no marm is not ancient Greek for or ancient fucking Latin for orange. No, because no. at that point in England when Latin was in, invented, there were no oranges. Didn't, they didn't know oranges existed because they'd not found Spain. Mm. Spain wasn't discovered till 1912. Like, you know, what people don't realise is that people assume that countries were discovered at a certain point. And they weren't. They were all discovered in the 20th century. True, isn't it? From um, 1912 through to 1945. Basically, apart from Australia, which was discovered in when when did Crocodile did Dundee come out? 86. So it was discovered in 85, and then no, they made no, a film about it, which was no, Crocodile Dundee. No, Australia was discovered in 1979 when they started making uh, Prisoner Subak Lake. Right, of course. We not, we pre, pre, British people had not discovered Australia. They assumed they had discovered it in the 1800s when they started shipping people out there. Mm. I don't, know, I don't know, Captain Cook discovered Australia, right? In, yeah. In 1981. Yeah, in 1981. But that, that but Prisoner Cell Block H was out long before 1981. 
Exactly, that's why it's so weird. That's why it was so successful, because it was like a... So, Prisoner Silver Coach is exported by the Aborigines, is that what you're saying? There were no such things as Aborigines. There, there weren't? They just no, made no, up. No, 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 they, they made up by, basically, let's take, let, when, when Australia was found originally, it was full of, like, Paul Hogan-type people, and the, and the Aborigines were kind of created to, otherwise, we could not, we could not, basically, I think Australia was a, was a country... There was was full of Australians that were always there, white Australian type people mm-hmm. that we know and love, mm. Rage Grundy types, mm. Mushroom Records, the only record company in the world we all knew growing up. EMI meant nothing to me. Mushroom Rich Records, Grundy. Mushroom Records, Mushroom Records. You know, for me, Mushroom Records was the was the. I remember saying to my friends when I was growing up, when I was in a band at five, saying. I want to be in Mushroom Records, you know. There's actually a, um, where we grew up, there was a studio called Mushroom Studios that was, um, I always thought of Mushroom Records might have moved there, but it well, wasn't. It was, was just that? a room, apparently. Was it? Somewhere in the countryside near Rayleigh. Do you remember, I remember, I was never a football fan, right? But I remember very clearly, recently I've been researching a lot into Freddie Mercury's life from a documentary I'm making about Freddie uh-huh. Mercury. And uh, it's funny because I read a little thing about him saying how uh, he hated sport, but he was always he was. Uh, there was a time of the nineteen eighty six. Do you remember the eighty six World Cup? Yes. No, it was the first no, time he was aware of the World Cup. It wasn't. Yeah, eight, yeah, it was eighty six. So that was the first time Paul uh, uh, Gary Lineker played, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it probably was because eighty four seems too early for Lineker to be in the World. Well, Cup. there wasn't a World Cup in eighty four. Yeah, if it was, I know in eighty two. Sorry, yeah, eighty six, right. eighty eighty six, ninety ninety four. Mm. I remember. When I was a young boy, and I hated football, but I wanted to be part of the gang, so I got the Panini stickers, mm. and I get and I still remember to this day uh, these footballers: Paul Parker, mm-hmm. Desmond Walker, mm-hmm. Peter Shilton, yep, Gary Nibbles. Uh, yeah, they're all real people. Dom Cheadle. Who was the? Um, who did they play for? Could you say that? Okay, Nottingham Forest. All of them. They all play. I remember, <laughs> he just collected Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest is a big thing for me because I remember Nottingham Forest because I remember the sticker for Nottingham Forest was, mm. uh, it was, it was white with some flags on it. I think it's a tree. It is now anyway. Nottingham Forest Crystal Palace. See, football to me, is, uh, to me, football is like a non. I hate football. It's just to you. It's a load of silver stickers. To me, it was silver stickers and a chewing gum at the bottom of the packet, mm. which was never good. It lasted for five seconds. And Did you get chewing gum with? Stickers? You're thinking of garbage pail kids. To me, it all blends into something. I, rem- <laughs> I do remember getting uh, n- neighbours stickers. No. No, there was a neighbours annual, and I got my stickers because I loved Charlene when I was a kid. Was Helen Robinson the silver sticker? I bet she's that. a sexy bitch. <laughs> she was. When she fell down the stairs, had a stroke. Oh, yeah. <coughs> if, if well, she didn't fall down the stairs because it was a bungalow. All, only, it's all Australians there on one floor all of them hang on hang on let me ask you a question right no you remember the time where Helen Daniels tripped on a bit of blanket yeah yeah now for me Helen Daniels was always quite attractive she was attractive for an old lady and I the, the people I found in EastEnders uh, when I was a young kid neighbours neighbours now EastEnders was another thing I want to stick with neighbours for now uh, neighbours was the one who, who's more drunk, Reese or Tony? Reese. Reese. Um, Tony's also got a kettle here. I, I've got a thing about kettles. Right? Stovetop kettle. I got. I've got a stovetop stove top kettle. 
here's the thing, guys. Stove top kettles require less energy. Cause, cause Is he, that true? Yeah, I hope, true. I hope it's true. It's true. But one of the reasons we got it. I got the same thing. Because I like the whistle. I like the whistle. Oh, of the I kettle. love the whistle. I love the whistle. The same. And you can get the electric ones that whistle, but not the same. It sounds, it's too forced. Let's do this, right? Okay. What beer am I opening, guys? What beer is that? 50 quid. Send your uh, answers to uh, at Reese Thomas OB or at Tony Paul. I'll make it easier for you, okay? It's, it's in a multiple choice. Red Stripe, Dom Perignon, or Dwight Marcosi. Let me just say, I actually just remembered something. We got sent after last week's um, podcast. Yeah. We got sent one more extra. I haven't actually asked anyone to send anything today because this was off. Off the kilter. Off the kilter. Off the kilter. Off the off the chart. There, w- there was one late uh, question that we didn't answer from at Robert Smith. Um, he says, Tony Portway and at Reese Thomas, what are your thoughts on the planned remake of 2000 film American Psycho? I genuinely didn't know that there were plans. No. Well, I was not a fan of the film in the first place and not a fan of the book, apart from the fact that Phil Collins was mentioned in... in, in well, and it does something for um, Phil Collins' songs. When you see women being murdered, what I quite to what, them. what I can't quite believe is that that film is now twelve years old. That's mental. Yeah, I can't quite believe that. I remember. But I think of that as a modern film. I very clearly remember. Um, for me, it's just been Christmas, right? We had a little Christmas chat before, as you've heard. I remember very clearly when Empire of the Sun was on the TV for the first time. Mm. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was like, <laughs> what, what, what is this, Steven Spielberg? Where, mm. where, where's the chase? Where's mm. the, where's the business? And he, he's ru- running around flying. For me, Christian Bale, who is an actor of incredible talent, as an eight-year-old when he was or twelve when he played that character, as an adult, rubbish. Um, I don't think he's rubbish. I think he's a good Batman. No, he. I enjoy does his that. Batman. Oh, I'm sorry. There's only one Batman, and that is Michael Keaton. <laughs> There's only no, no George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney's the best Batman okay, ever an, put to film. There's a very famous quote where. <laughs> Um, it's a famous quote actually where um, it's not even famous I remember it why do I remember these is it from you? things <laughs> no uh, Nicole Kidman once said because she kissed all the Batman oh she kissed two of them Miss- oh so, so yeah Nicole Kidman okay in uh, she she was in uh, she played um, she was in Batman Forever yeah Val- I, can't, Val I genuinely can't remember okay she was in Batman Forever with Val Kilmer right. she kissed him right she was in um, a, film, a film called My Life, the most depressing film I've ever seen, with Michael Keaton. Right. Ma- Ma- Michael Keaton is dying of cancer, and so she, they, he decides to make a video for his kids when they're growing up, so he can tell them stuff. But basically, he's like, you know in Superman, where Superman puts the little crystal in, he goes, what am I going to do in my life? And then, and then uh, Marlon Brando says, you are a superhero, or, you know, you know what happened? I mean, I love it. What they deleted from Superman One was a scene where he, where Superman says, as a little kid, he says, "I've got his singing in, in between my legs." Don't quite have to do with it. And, and Marlon Brando goes, "It's called your penis," and he says, "Your penis is something." <laughs> no, no, you know, no, 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 no. What happens? No, the whole thing about Superman, Superman is he dies, right? Yes. So he, he imparts all his information into. The crystal. So when, yes, when, yes. When, Superman, when when little baby Superman is flying through space in the crystal, he learns, all, all he learns about everything. Yeah. But what they did, what they missed out in the film was the sex education part. Of course. Where he says, "Mr. Superman, 
or he wasn't Superman then. He dad. Was called, he was called Kal El. Dad. He would have said Dad. No, no, he would have called him son. My son. Oh, I thought you said he was saying. So the father would have said to Kal El. Kal El. Kal El. You will find when you get to twelve, you will find as you grow hair around oh. your penis. You'll get excited. You get excited by bikini programs. But yes, and your hair would not be just normal hair, but if you watch Superman 4, it will pick a ton up. You know, you know in Superman 4, they use his hair. Yeah. And they, it was, they, in, originally in Superman 4, the original script, I read it, it was a bit of his pubic hair that wow. they found. Yeah. And, and that was what made him great. No, no, but there was no bit in Superman where he goes, son, you will have a penis and you will learn that like a slide trombone, you will play it and it will make a beautiful tune then there'll be a slight discharge, and then therefore you have to mop that up with your little bit of, you know, in Superman, he's got his little bit of cloth. No, in the Superman. He's is got he, little, um, has he got super cloth, like his uh, yeah, yeah. costume's made out of? Yes, he's got a super cloth. He's got a little flannel yeah. with an S on it that he mops up his... I always thought that the cape that he, he makes, the costume is made out of, isn't big enough to make a costume for a grown man. Well, there's the, old, the age-old story with Superman is, okay, so he's a guy who runs around in that outfit, right? But where does he hide his cape, okay? Mm. And, and, and and the idea of, like, the magic of him running and suddenly... Yeah. Can he change that quickly in a, in a telephone box? Right? Well, he's Superman. Of course he can. Of course That's he can. He can think. do that thing. Yeah. But no, the, the my point is, is that, okay... The, he can turn back, back time, for Christ's sake. He can turn back time. Let's go back to the point where I'm trying to... But it's the point where... Kyle L was talked about, was told about sex education, yeah. and was told, you know, the deleted scene. You, you got, you got a super. Basically, you're a superman. You got a super cock, <laughs> and you can fuck what you like, right? And basically, be careful because he could impregnate anything without. He could impregnate chickens, uh, anything. But Superman decided not to, to not. He was a good boy. But Superman should have basically create. If I was making Superman now, if I was a comic book maker. <clears throat> I hate comic books, not interested. But if I was making Superman, I'd say, here's a guy who can use his sperm to, to create a new super race yeah. in the way that Hitler Well, perhaps he, pr- he can't because he's an alien. He Perhaps he can't... What? He you, can can't, you can't mate a pig. You can't mate with a pig. Why no. would he be able to mate with a human? Because if Superman... Impregnated if you're going by Doctor Who rules, then yeah, he can. No, if Superman could impregnate Margot Kidder, right... Lois Lane yeah she would give birth to a very ultra strong baby yeah not uh, quite uh, as strong as it would be but that'd be very that'd be very hard on the pat- on the opening I'm going to take a picture because it's quite weird we're standing be very hard on the vagina it would be I'm just how hard would that be on the vagina we're standing you look a little bit you're wearing my sunglasses you look a bit like Howard Stern actually I'm going to get in it as well in fact we'll do it this way around I'm talking I keep talking so my where did this come from? We started off with a point about Superman, didn't oh, we? You, I don't know if you did. Oh, shit. Come on, guys. Can get a picture of us both? Um, yeah. That looked good. So, so we're this we're picture, by the way, I'm wearing a hoodie I've been wearing for two days. Steven. And it's covered in food. Why do I call you Steve? <laughs> I don't know, because you, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Tell wait. us where you've been tonight, Reese. Why are you having okay, tonight, to? tonight? Okay, so I, uh, today I went to see I went for a little drink with uh, the Fast Show guys. Yes. Paul and Charlie. Yes. And Dave Cummings. Sorry, what Dave, did you have? Where did you go? We went to an Indian restaurant. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Italian, Italian, Italian. Oh, but you often do go to Indian restaurants. No, we know. Listen, listen. You're getting to the you're getting to the brain of a guy here now. He doesn't like food drinks and stuff like that. <laughs> 
and um, we went for a drink and I got recognised from Nathan Barley and the guy said that Nathan Barley I went yeah great and uh, they didn't hear that and they thought that they didn't realise that I was famous you know um, a bit and the guys <laughs> so we, we went out for a little drink with them and I thought oh, no, always, I, it was like half ten they, they, they're older than me you know they're 20 years older than me so they have to go to bed and whatever I was feeling like you know feeling rock on Tommy and I thought I'd give Tony a ring and he said come around to my house come around here so I came into his house and he's got darts on and I, <laughs> I, I, I was desperate for a wee so I thought about pissing I was him. actually watching Dickens on film I switched it over to darts to Dickens look, on film to look more manly oh, when Sue you Perkins in. Sue no, Perkins no not her it was, that was the other one that's Christmas Dickens Christmas eh? this was Dickens on film not Dickens Christmas it was good actually Dickens on film although it did look a bit like um, and a bit you know in the Oscars where they do these are the people who have died this year yeah and they put the VT up and it's who died terrible. this year I don't I couldn't tell you but this I tell you who died this year Bob Holness Bob Holness he won't make it on there though, Joe Collins he? Joan Collins doesn't die. Um, um, uh, Ving Rhames dies this year. If I said to you now, every guy, that Ving Rhames died, (laughs) every guy who listens to this, Ving Rhames died, you go, oh, Ving Rhames, I recognise that name. Oh, yeah, that's a guy from Pulp Fiction. Do you want to pop out with me while I have a cigarette? Yeah, all right. Right, we'll be back. Just leave it running. Just leave it running. Here's the thing. This is a big, big thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think toilet paper should be available on the NHS. Cushel or just bog standard? Excuse the pun. Um, okay, <laughs> Post okay, or okay. not okay. Well, I know I, what you mean. I'm because uh, okay, listen, this and nappies, right? Nappies, yeah. And, and tampons, yeah. And condoms, but you can get those things all for free. You can't get condoms for free. Yeah, you can. Where from? Uh, sexual health clinic. Give me your number. Give me your number. <laughs> you can use your phone. I've not used a condom. You can call the sexual health clinic. I have number. not used a condom since I was twelve. What did you use it for when you were twelve? Water bombs. Water bombs and things like that. Bosh, you know, bosh, bosh I, one. I, I have a problem with condoms. Right. Two things. Number one. Hmm. The moment you you're gonna. This you is know, Reese. Reese Thomas too blue for TV. The moment you, the moment you think to yourself like, this is the time you have to whip one on right and then it's too late and it's not fun. Secondly, um, you, know, you get around that though, don't you? Oh, right. Do what I do. What's that? I wear one all of the time. See you. I've got one on now, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. But I get. <laughs> my problem with, with condoms is I get like a soreness and I get itchy. Well, this is not something you should tell me about. You should speak to your doctor. Perhaps you want. Um, I know, I'm allergic to, I'm allergic, you know, I'm allergic to it. Mm. I'm allergic to fannies. No, genuinely true. Every girlfriend I've ever had, right, I have, I have sexually intercourse with them and I cannot have sex for at least a week because I get terrible, 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 terrible problems. Are you going to make me cut this, edit this You down? can leave this in because it's the fact. But are you going to agree to taking that tomorrow morning? This is going to go out tonight. I'm going to put this out tonight. It's fine, fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's true, it's the fact. Yeah, I, guys out there, listen, there's a number you can ring called... Uh, it, it's my number... 
uh, I won't give it out now, but you can email me on Twitter. And guys out there and girls who have a problem with uh, having sex and finding that they can't, you know, I being basically allergic to sex. Mm. You know, like I, the opposite some, of Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, you know, he, he fucking yeah. Listen, he he lived through. Look, I, I'm one of his. Fa- I'm I'm one of his fans. Mm. Romance in the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, The Game. What's the one where the third one that isn't action packed? Uh, the divorce one, the, 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 the War of the Roses. War of the Roses. No, I'm on his side, different. but the thing is, I think that, 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 that I have a problem with, uh, like you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm allergic to fans. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. No, I have not heard of it, and I went to see a doctor. But self-diagnosis. No, I won't, guys. No, I said I, I said I saw a doctor. That was for comedy effect. I've never been to a doctor. I went to a doctor. I say to him or her. Hi, uh, my name's Reese, and they go, "What's your problem?" I'm here because I'm allergic to fannies. They'd say, "All right, what, what, what's the reason for it?" And I'd say, "Well, every time I have sex with a lady um, from age past, from age of when I first had sex, yes. when I was about, I don't know, nineteen, <laughs> twelve, uh, fifteen, and they'd say, oh, why? Why is that? Because the next day, my 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 foreskin and my my uh, uh, bell end, as they call it, it's blue. It's blue." Reese, mm. I'm gonna put the Christmas cracker. Yeah, I can read the joke. Oh, I just we might as well use them up. I've got some of that. Do you, are you allergic to fannies? No, I'm not. Steve, Steve, <laughs> you allergic to fannies? John, right, okay. Uh, we're gonna put a Christmas cracker. Who will win? How uh, would you buy? Hey, wait, let's explain the, the Sainsbury's. Okay. Where they from? Sainsbury's. Oh, okay. Sainsbury's, not low range. Ten pounds for six. Right, okay. So you get the gist. You buy them before or after Christmas? Before Christmas. Right. So why have you got some left? Because we didn't use them all up. How many people came out to your house? One. Less than six. Okay, one, two, three, go. Oh, I just can't go. Yeah, I won, I won. Reach one. Here's the joke. I've got a picture of you reading the. Here's joke. the prize. Do what you've won. What's the prize? <laughs> hair, <laughs> what looks like hair grip. Oh, it is a. Hair grip, hair grip. Druggy style bag. I'm going to wear the hat. I don't know why it's in a bag. It's a hair grip. The, for me, the best thing about Christmas is after Christmas. What's that? Like eat, hoovering up all the old food and. Here's the joke. Okay. What happens if you eat the Christmas decorations? Oh, you get tinselitis. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to take a picture of this wonderful hair clip. Uh, putting it into. Oh, I put it on the wrong way around. There we go. I'm going to take a picture of me, the hair clip, and Reese's hair. Reese face me. Wonderful. My okay. wife was a uh, monk the other day. Yes, you yes, started yesterday. telling me about this. Um, what happened? This a man, me. she came out of an audition and, and a man grabbed her phone out of her hand. In, show a hooded, business. In, a, in a hooded top. This guy was a, a... Took her phone. Have you got it all cancelled and everything? Well, here's the thing, right? I'm quite good about this kind of stuff. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me now. If you've got an iPhone, plug into iCloud, get your old stuff sorted out because, you know, it's important. Generally, yeah. it's because... You can cancel your phone can from iCloud. Yeah. But like, now, there are photos of me and her in bed doing the most ridiculous things like 69, 71... Are you going to want this cancelled? No, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a comedy effect, obviously. <laughs> or is it? We've got amazing stuff going on, you know, really good stuff. You, know, you had a really high score on your Tetris, 
Yeah, I mean, you listen, on her. this guy is now playing. This guy is now playing Sonic the Hedgehog, twenty four hours a day. Fucker. I was on the train today. Actually, I've downloaded for me. I don't care about modern modern games. I, I download and play. Nostalgia to me is just as much as like listening to the old, watching the old TV shows or listening mm. to the old songs. It's playing the old computer games. Absolutely, yeah. And on my computer, I've got a thing called um, Golden Axe. Do you remember Golden Ooh. Axe? It's impossible to mm. play. I used to play that at Cass Weaver's house, and every lunchtime. Cass, lovely man. He lived very near to our school. So you remember at school, and I used to go oh, to his house every night. Were you always jealous of somebody who was so near to your school that could just I was, Well, it wasn't jealous because he was my friend. If he hadn't been my friend, I would have been jealous. But I could go around there until I was banned because I sprayed the ice on his wall or something. Or I, someone we knew did. Who guys, let me, can, guy, let me, guys, I listen, ended up going back a year later. Guys, listen to this. Right, okay. Tony, when he was younger, I first met Tony when I was 11. We we were in the same year, the first year of uh, school, right? Don't name any names because I'll only have to bleep them. Right, no, I'm not going to name any names. We had a teacher called Mr. No. I think the teachers are okay. They're, they're thinking fine. of the children. And I remember when I met Tony, he said to me once, um, Oh, you know, that we, at the time when we were younger, there was a program called The Big Breakfast on Channel 4. These days, for some reason, Channel 4 play endless sitcom. There's they? no the fun morning. breakfast anymore. They, when we were younger, there was a fun breakfast show called The Big Breakfast, which was the best thing. It was like the one show, but funny. And Chris Evans was he really... He weirdly became the worst thing at the end. Mm. It started off the best It was brilliant. <laughs> and, and I remember Tony saying to me, oh, you know, they, they're showing the, the banana splits in the mornings. It's the first time... My first memory of you, Tony, <laughs> you saying to me that. And then secondly, I, I found 22. out... I remember Tony liked Cracker, and Cracker, Cracker was on. I love Cracker. Cracker started in 1993. Now, even though we were in the same class for, well, for three years, we were mm. in the third year... You said to me, oh, you should watch Cracker. I remember you telling me that. And we, can't, we weren't really friends, and then we became friends, because Tony was a bit of a tearaway, let's be honest. I wouldn't say I was a tearaway. I hang around, hung around with some tearaways. Anyway, so, when I first met Tony, we, he told me to watch the banana splits. And, but Tony was always hanging around with these guys at school who were, like, not really... You know, they were, let's, let's talk, tell the truth. They were kind of like tearaways, but fun. Tony was always quite funny. He got into the top set of science and even though was, this was a person let's be honest who did not work hard at school let's be true no I didn't no he had no interest in school at all well no that's not quite true right, okay. I, I did have interest in school but uh, wrong only, his, only, only the history of school well no and also just having fun at school I used to have a lot of fun at school I enjoyed school but I, I didn't really do did it, I loved school you right? know what I did a lot of work in lessons but I didn't do any work homework my main problem. No, I remember things with me and Tony, right? Okay, so I met him like really, really. What cemented our friendship <clears throat> was in the sixth form. Yeah. And when you watch something like The Inbetweeners, it's interesting because you see uh, our life in the sixth. Our life in the sixth form was basically going to pubs with a friend called Damien who drove us to pubs. Do you remember yes. Damien? Yes. And we go to a pub because he could drive. None of us could drive. And we'd have two pints of Carling Premier. Do you remember Carling Premier? I think you're describing your sixth form slightly more than my sixth form. Okay. It was similar. I would have four pints of Carling Premier. I don't, listen, the I don't thing about you is, the thing, the difference between you now and then is your consumption of booze. Oh, well, you okay. can drink more booze now than you could then, by a long shot. I remember you used you to be quite... You alcoholic? No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean your um, tolerance. I remember back then your a couple of beers. Two pints. I was it. jealous. You'd, you'd only need two pints, and you'd be excited, not overly drunk, not being sick or anything, but you'd be nicely drunk. You need 
you probably have three, four. Uh, listen, I Whereas we'd all drink loads and loads and uh, get ill. And I was always quite um, admired or was jealous of the fact that you could get drunk quite quickly. Yeah. I always thought that that was quite good. But now it's the other way around. You can drink a lot more. Yes. You drink. You. you I'm, I wanted to go to bed long before you. You. You've had enough. Yeah, but, but because I don't think I didn't think I do it as much as you do. For example, I've got uh, children, so sure, I don't do. Sure. So Tony can drink all day long. Sleep. You don't get to have your work drinks like you once. Maybe no. You can no. have a drink after, a, say, a meeting or. No, I, I drink. My drinking intake is at night time. Yeah. I a bottle of wine while I'm working. Right. So you start normally start quite early. I mean, I never drink during the day. Do you drink during the day? Um, well, it depends what I've been up to. If I've been working in town, say... My rule is no drink during the day, basically. Well, during the day, by during the day, I mean late afternoon, I mean like five. I would, I would so in the summer, would you have a bottle of, like, rosé? Not really. I don't, I'm not a big daytime drinker either. No. I, I like a drink in the late afternoon. See, I love that. I love that feeling of... You, you know, I was away for over Christmas, and I remember thinking, I can't wait to see all my friends and do all these things I want to do when I get back. Hmm. And you get back, and you, go, you don't do any of those things you want to do. This to me, I'm around Tony's house now, which used to be my flat, and I look around this room and I see all these memories of my old life in this room. Blood stains, blood stains, cum stains, uh, oh, shit. graffiti. This seriously, it's a funny thing. There's a, um, I've been. <coughs> oh, I won't go into that. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. There's a, there's a, there's a um, Freddie Mercury's lyrics always when he first wrote the songs. Yes, you he, can talk about Freddie Mercury. Okay, right, Freddie Mercury. He you can just can't talk about it when it's just not really recorded. <laughs> no, Freddie Mercury would basically write his own lyrics first. He'd always write the music first and then right. write the lyrics afterwards. And normally he'd write jokey lyrics, so it'd be like rude stuff. Right. Because he hadn't worked it out. So just to get the um, just the, the melody. The melody. So the melody would be written, and he'd go like, oh, you know, here's... And so, for example, there's a, there's a song called... Uh, he, he wrote a song, and it was and it was called uh, a song for John Lennon, actually, because John Lennon just been killed. Right. And in, in the lyrics, it would say... And originally, it said, come stains on my pillow. <laughs> and, and and they said, oh, you can't have that. And he went, all right, okay, cut stains on my pillow. You mm, can't have that either. <laughs> no. and you go, all right, okay, blood stains on my pillow. Go, that's nice. all right, that's all right. And it fits fine. in it with fits, the story. Yeah, it fits the story. But unless <laughs> John Lennon wasn't fucked to death. No, he wasn't <laughs> fucked to death. No, he was shot to death, as you say. I still think about that sometimes, genuinely. Do you remember, do you think you can, do you think you remember it what, when Fred, it happened? For John Lennon uh, dying. John Lennon dying. I know you definitely no, remember Freddie Mercury. I remember what I always say about John Lennon is I, I, like a lot of people of our generation, in about 1995, they re-released uh, the Beatles anthology, mm. and because Oasis and, and the Britpop movement was basically based on a lot of it was based on the Beatles, mm. it became fashionable again. Yeah. So we would all listen to the Beatles songs, and I remember listening. I remember I used to work in Laserdisc shop. We used to work for mm. here as well. Mm. And there was a guy there called Mark. A lot of fun there. A lot of oh yeah. Tony, don't get Tony started on that. This guy lent me because I was never. I never like. I'm not a fan of the Beatles up until. I'm not a fan of their hits. You know. Uh, you know the um, pop era from sixty to sort of two to. No, I agree. 66. Yeah, I, agree. I, I I haven't got any of their albums. It's about sixty six. I start to really enjoy them. No, I like I do like Help. There's some good songs on Help, mm. but apart from that, I'm not really that bothered. Rubber Soul onwards. Well, he gave me the whole lot. Of, he gave me everything, and I remember listening to it over and over again, thinking how good it was. Yeah. Hearing songs like Obla Di Obla Da, which I always thought was like a like a nursery rhyme, mm. but you find but out that was, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you, I remember the songs as a kid more, as a young kid, enjoying them being played in the car and stuff, well, and then well, forgetting about them until I was in my teenage years. Well, when I was and a being kid, very excited when about I was them a little they kid, were new. When I was a kid, I remember my mum singing to me Puff the Magic Dragon. Yes. Puff the Magic Dragon, which was a song from 1973 or something yeah, like that yeah. or whatever. And you, you, you think it's like this song that goes back in well, time. Well, as far as you're concerned, it could have been from 1573 or could something. Could be anywhere, could yeah. be anywhere. And so with the Beatles, when I remember a point where you think about someone being shot dead and um, like anything else in the world, you know, it's, not, it's not like he died of an illness or whatever, he was killed. And he, I remember being really, really, when I, you realise at a certain age what happened to him, I remember thinking, I really I remember thinking, fucking hell, this is awful. And I remember thinking, listening to those songs back again, and then also think about how, what effect it would have made on other people. Then listening to Paul McCartney's solo albums after that came out, thinking he's died and he's now working on this song. There's a song by Paul McCartney on the album called Tug of War mm. called Here Today. Uh, everyone knows this probably. Mm. Which is a, it's, it is a, 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 oh, it's, it's written about him. Everyone right. knows they fell out and they did get on. But it's, in a, it's a beautiful song. It's very sad. And he sings it now still at his concerts. So he used to sing that, and then then now he sings something on the ukulele for George Harrison. Yeah, right, yeah, he sings yeah. here today, and here today for him means a lot more than that because it's also for Linda probably now and people who've gone. Mm. But you know, it's like he realised what a waste, a stupid waste of life that was. I wonder if there are. I'm sure there are. I'm, I think there are some made, but I wonder if there are any um, written but not recorded songs by Paul McCartney that are a bit more nasty to John Lennon. Because well, he had, no. before he died, I know there were some that actually went out, but I wonder if he had a few more sort of dig dig songs. I think they call them diss songs these days, the rappers. But you know, John Lennon wrote a song to, 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 to uh, what's the song he wrote for him called? Um, oh God, no, John Lennon did write a song, which was like oh, no, John Lennon what was it, did. What was it called? Um, yeah, I can't remember about. He, he had um, Ringo playing drums on it. I've, I've seen there's video footage of him recording. Happy sleep at night. That's it. Oh, what's it called? That that one. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I know exactly the one. But but Paul McCartney. You know, I, I've always had this big thing about Paul McCartney that um, everyone's like, like, oh, Paul McCartney, that idiot. You know, you know, fog chorus. The fog chorus. Listen, listen. Let's, let's talk about the fog chorus. He's not very partridge. Hang on. Listen. <laughs> the fog chorus. Okay, was was a was a film soundtrack to a television mm. program mm. for a film he'd written for. So that's saying, you know, it was not. He was writing a song for. Rupert the Bear, mm. right, for a film project. So you don't go, oh, oh, you know, look at the fucking shit he's writing now. And I'll be honest with you, I think that Paul McCartney's solo career, you, you, if you could get the best of John Lennon's solo, the best of Paul McCartney, I've had this argument with so many people, Paul McCartney's solo career is a, f a thousand times better than, than uh, John Lennon's. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, he's had a lot more to go at it, though. He's had a few more years to... Even at that point, I've, even at that point. I met Paul McCartney, I'll tell you the quick story, and right. it ends up, it's a very nice thing, it supports your view of him being a, a nice chap, which I was outside um, Tiger Aspect Production Company, mm. I popped out to have a cigarette, I was writing there, bumped into a writer, uh, Lee Stuart Evans, um, I can't remember what he was writing. Sean Locke was there, wasn't he? Sean Locke popped out as well, who knows Lee. Um, I'd never met Sean before, but we had a little chat. I hate Sean. I was Locke. having a cigarette. He was nice to me. <laughs> he was very nice to me. Horrible to me. Um, but we were all having a chat. Very funny, but he's a cunt. He was funny. We all had a chat about stuff, and 
just behind. I was facing one way across. It was on Soho Square. It's not there anymore. The build, the the uh, company. Looking across and over Sean Locke's shoulder, I saw what looked like a beetle coming my way. Ha. And I sort of said under my breath, "Furby, the beetle." I said under my breath to Sean, "I think is that Paul McCartney about to walk past us?" And he sort of went, "What?" And turned around and looked and went and turned back and under his breath went, yeah, "It is that Paul McCartney." Hmm. And then before I knew what was happening, um, Sean Lock went, "Boy, Paul, Paul, over here, Paul!" And he came over. Cause you think you'd want to go the other way? Yeah, and he didn't. He walked straight over to us and went, "Oh, hi, fellas! I can't do the accent." Hi, hi. I do Hello, Ringo's. fellas. How are you hey, doing? How are you doing? Um, oh, isn't it great? Isn't it? I know you. And he pointed at Sean Lockham. I know you. I know you from the telly. Um, and he didn't know us and asked us our names and shook our hands. And then proceeded. All he wanted to talk about, he was saying, isn't it great? Barack Obama's in. You're not uh, saying that now, is he? Well, probably not. But he said, oh, I was up with my kids. We watched it. I made them watch it. Well, they didn't know what they were watching, but they loved it. And he was really nice and had a lovely chat with us and then wandered off. And I, I said, so then he went off, and what a lovely chap, nice of him to stop, he went off to his office. He was walking through Soho, which I found quite weird. Well, it's early, it's <clears> early in the morning, see? Not that early, I mean, I'm never in that early. But yeah, maybe, But he, I think he just doesn't get bothered, apart from by us. No, but, but I said to Sean, I didn't, oh, see, do you know him? I assumed they'd met at a party once or something. And he said, no, I didn't, I don't know him at all, but he, I thought I'd shout out, because he knows he's Paul McCartney, doesn't he? And he knows that people recognise him, so I thought I'd give it a go, and... Well, you know, it's not like he can. It's not like I want to make an album with him and I fucked up my chances or anything. On the other side of the coin, yeah, he's a lovely man, and he no. was a lovely man. Was my point. No, I, I remember. No, I remember. Uh, I got a Paul McCartney story, which is not as good as yours, which is like a near miss, which Ooh. was uh, like seriously eight o'clock in the morning. Because basically, if you guys outside of London, um, Soho is like the hub of like TV world where everyone goes to edit and whatever. Paul McCartney is uh, on Soho Square. Paul P- MPL, which is his record company, is right on Soho Square. And um, I remember being, I was at the Groucho Club one morning for a meeting, and uh, it was like um, half eight in the morning. I remember coming outside to have a phone call, and he was walking up the street, and it was Paul McCartney. And I kind of like smiled at him and nodded my head, and he nodded back. And now, I know this sounds ridiculous but you almost felt like even though he didn't know who the hell I was or whatever he was like he you got the impression that he you know of course you know people like that they've come from this world whereby they are recognized and mm. without us they won't be here today mm. you know and my favorite spot that you ever had you can tell the story is when you first saw I think a, a, a I can't remember which trendy club it was but you saw Peter Davidson buying cigarettes. Oh, God. Tell that story, because that's <laughs> such a nice way. I know he's a hero of yours. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Two things. First of all, like, it's true. So my doctor was Peter Davidson. I've even got a Pete, I've even got, like, a. I even, from when I got married, I went to Paul Smith, and I had the blazer made. Like, you know, Peter Davidson had a long frock coat, mm. beige with a uh, red trim, and a cricket jumper. Cricket jumper, yeah. So I had a cricket jumper knitted for me. My mum got a friend to knit a jumper identical to his original Edwardian cricket jumper. Mm. So I, so that's how much I love this bloke. Anyway, so but long before then, I was at a place called the. There were two things. First of all, I went to a place called the Green Room. There's a, in in London, there's a place called the Green Room where, where, where it's on. Uh, it's just off. It's now called Adams. Is it still there? Adams Bar or something. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's just off. Uh, um, uh, 
it's like a cro- uh, ch- chancery lake. It's sort of somewhere Cross. between the Phoenix Club and Soho House. It's, it's sort of in way. the middle. Yes, but I mean, like, in terms of the amount it costs to get in there. Yeah, there's an underground room. It's basically for the chorus line. From chorus line guys. So basically, at the time he was in the thing called uh, Chicago. And uh, I remember my ex-girlfriend at the time was a dresser, and I think he kind of fancied her a bit. And I didn't realise that he had a reputation this time, he was single. Well, you're making this pleasant story... Oh, no, it's fine, no, it's fine. He, he had, like, he, he'd split up with Sandra Dickinson, and he, and he was single and free. Oh. And, um, and um, I remember seeing him and thinking, oh, my God, there's Peter Davison. This is before this point. Mm. And thinking... Oh no no no! This comes this comes second. Sorry, the first story was we were in the Soho house, and I was in Soho house. I went to the toilet. I came out, and I'd never. I was about ninety, eighteen, and I'd gone there with Paul Whitehouse and all that lot. So I'd never huge, met anyone famous. Huge Doctor Who, huge. I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, and there is Peter Davison, and he goes in. He walks towards me towards the toilet. And there used to be a cigarette machine right next to the toilet, and I bought bought some cigarettes, and there was Peter Davison, and he looked at me as he walked into the toilet, and. To me, his face had all the stars coming out of it, and it was like that was Peter Davison. Like the Doctor Who titles. I, and, I, and I ran into to Burgess at the time. I went, mm. and Peter Davison, he, he just went into the toilet. I'm like, I cannot believe it. And, and the stars came out of his face, and it was like amazing. And a few years later, probably about no, sorry, months later, I was also at another bar, and he came off stage and he really stared at my ex girlfriend like he wanted to have sex with any woman <laughs> he could see. And uh, and and then what's really weird because would you have let him? Yeah, doctor, any? No, I, I he was he was like my hero, and like you know, years later, looking back at that time and looking back at him, who was like he was my childhood hero. Like when I was a young boy, I was like twelve, 13, from the age of like twelve to like fifteen. Tony, it's true. Every month, Doctor Who magazine would come out. Yes. And it was two pound fifty. Yes, it's a lot of money. Even Doctor then. Who wasn't even on the telly. At this Doctor Who was not even on the telly, and it was really for nerds. You know, it's not like it is now. It was like a nerdy thing because it wasn't even on television. I would rush down to the newsagents and buy these <laughs> fucking magazines. It got to the point where I stopped. When I like, sort of grew out of they it. They probably only really sold three of them in our hometown. Yeah, the, the news box in Whitford <laughs> bought them for me, and it was really funny. So my dad, right? My dad lived just down the road, and what happened was, as I grew up and moved out of London. I never stopped my uh, subscription fee. Right. So my dad would go in to buy a newspaper and they go, oh, by the way, you owe £13 for these <laughs> Doctor Who magazines. Oh, all right, my son would come in and he'd buy them and he'd be, uh, he'd be fine, whatever. <laughs> it got to a point where me and my dad and everyone in our family would not go into a local newsagent. <laughs> Let's walk another mile to the next, next newsagent because we couldn't go in anymore because I owed them thousands Do you think you've thousands. still got them there? Yes! <laughs> you should go and pick them all up. It's a treasure trove. But I, but I remember thinking that but you, you do feel when you see someone like that being like that and like being quite not lecherous he was you know let's be fair he was I'm not saying anything out of turn he wasn't lecherous no what he was like he was a single man of, of 50 or 48 or whatever young and he and, and he was you know he was you know going out to bars and having fun mm. and now you know and now he's with someone then he had a baby subsequently after that whatever but you know I remember thinking there's Peter Davison and He's, but he was buying fags. Mm. Oh, that's right, yes. yes, yes. Like, I was buying, he was buying cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, no, you know what I realise now? I wasn't, sorry, here's the story. I wasn't smoking then, and he was, and I remember being really disappointed. It was like my dad, it's like seeing your dad smoking a cigarette. Yeah. 
Um, if you had to choose, yeah, you couldn't. Well, okay, it's not desert island discs, but a really harsh one. You're only allowed to have one thing in your life, and it's either Queen or Doctor Who. What would you go with? Queen. Yeah, I thought you'd say that because there's, there's, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more flaws in Doctor Who than I with Queen. But you make more money out of Queen as well. <laughs> I make more money out of Queen, yeah. Now, talk, you were talking about fallen heroes, um, the sec- and especially old childhood heroes who have gone a bit sexy. I know it was of last week, but we haven't talked about it on this podcast, about the Crankies. What happened to them? What happened to the Crankies? I don't, I don't know about this. You don't know about You genuinely don't know no, about don't. the Crankies? Fill me in. It's come yeah, out in the papers. So there's... There's many. There's an apocryphal story that we've heard from different. I've heard. I've heard since we first started acting, and you've heard a million times about the Crankies. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, they've released their autobiography and they've done several uh, interviews about their sex, their sh- oh, sexual shenanigans, <laughs> and how they yeah they were swingers and they'd have each other. Each each cranky would have a different partner in another room. And um, well, my favourite stuff was about Daddy Cranky. I can't remember the actual Who's name. Daddy Cranky, the Dad Cranky, not Stu, not a little. G- is it Stu? Stu Cranky, the big Cranky. Yeah, um, used to get a bit punchy and a bit drunk. Ah. He used to get drunk and punchy. Is his actual quote? I used to get a bit punchy. Uh, he's he looks like Shane, doesn't he? He, he does a bit, um, but he but much more woolly headed. Um, but there's a quote, an actual quote from him saying, "Yeah, once in a bar." I got a bit punch, got a bit drunk and punchy again, and I, kn- <laughs> oh, I knocked, <laughs> I knocked out Paul Daniels. Every, everyone in the bar applauded, and then he said, "I regret it now." It was a bit, it's a bit later, but you know, even he admits he deserved it. But it's weird that that story. I always thought the story that we've heard was made up. Which one's that? Well, the story that um, there's a young guy working on a pantomime that stars the Crankies. You must have heard this. It's no. always a friend of a friend. I've heard this story. F- from different people hundreds of times that um, a a young bloke is working on a pantomime that the Cranky star in um, they have drinks one night you know at the end, end of the week show and they all have drinks together um, and the young man goes home realises he's left his bag stroke coat stroke trainers stroke anything because it changes well, every Cranky's time house. At, at the in the dressing room he goes back walks into the dressing room to see an unnamed man at one end of little Jimmy Cranky and Daddy Cranky at the other end in a Cranky spit roast. Um, and, well, this, and this is where the story differs. Sometimes the story, I've been, as I've been told, I always like to listen to it fully before I say I've heard it before to get the full different version, that at that point she looks up and says, Oh, you must think I'm a terrible flirt. Or the next day at another party, she comes over and says to the man... Oh, sorry about last night. You must think I'm a terrible flat. But, as it turns out, all these years later, it's completely true. Oh, really? Well, yeah, that, yeah, well that, that's not, that well, hasn't exactly been told. Okay, here's They the haven't told that story, but pretty much, you okay, know, here, that could, well could have happened. Here's the story. But, here's an, but uh, what right. led me to think was, there's all these okay. other apocryphal stories. How many times have you been told, on the sly that I know a dresser who works on whatever show. But I actually went out of the dresser who... Well, I know, but I've, I've heard so this... I've, I've got a first case story. But I've heard this five, at least five different times via someone else. Oh, there's a dresser I know who's working on this show. And so, in, insert 
D-list celebrity no, okay. has got shit has shit skid marks in their pants hey, when he washes. Hey, them. I'm about to tell you this story. Well, this is this is what I'm saying. This is what I was getting at. Though. Okay, so, but ha- some of those could be true now. Listen, I always thought they were all made no, up. No, as well. no, no. I had a, I had a girlfriend who was a genuine dresser in the mm-hmm. theatre, right? And she worked on the far show. It was my first proper girlfriend. When I was 19. Yeah, on the far show live, and her name was Stephanie. And uh, and she and I remember she worked on a pantomime that year because mm-hmm. when we did the far show, it was really funny. It was really weird. We we the far, basically the biggest thing ever. Well, guys at home, we got to understand it. But in the days before stand-ups doing their shit, stand you know the Reeves and Mortimer were the biggest thing in the world mm-hmm. in in this country, not in the world. <laughs> so we we did, we did this thing in 1998, which was uh, the far show live at the Hammersmith Apollo for four months. Sold yeah, out it was every brilliant. night. It's the best live show now, no one had ever sold. No one. Let's uh, let's understand here, everybody. No one had ever sold out the uh, House with Apollo for four months. And the first half was shooting stars. The second half was the far show. It was because they were they were all part of the same sort of team. And uh, we had a dre- my girlfriend was a dresser on it at the time. I met her through it, and so loads of people came to see it. And I remember I met Jude Law that that time. Mm. He came backstage, and at the time he was no, he wasn't famous. And I remember he isn't the one that's going to have the shitty pants. No, no, no. <laughs> I t- I'll get to the shitty pants story. It's quite a good story. But I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, doing the the, the far show, we'd go backstage. Thank you. And behind the the, the uh, theatre, there'd be a um, like a little bar, basically the dressing room, really, where you'd all go and have a drink afterwards. And I remember Matt Lucas said, "Oh, this is my friend Jude." And, and his girlfriend Sadie, right? Sadie Frost. Sadie Frost. And uh, at that time, Jude, this was like 1998, so even in something like um, Mr. Ripley's talented, uh, talented arsehole <laughs> hadn't come out. So at the time, I, so I didn't even know who he was, but I found out that his kids loved Queen, so I loved that, and he was talking to me for ages. Then, subsequently, years later, I remember going to the ground. It's amazing how many people you bond over a Queen. Bond with Queen. With Queen. Bond over with Queen. And years later, I met him again, and he went, I remember you. Yeah, well, hello. And he was really famous then. He went, hello. He's generally a lo- lovely man, and that's what I can say. Anyway, so my point is this going up with a dresser, right? I, mean, I don't know why I'm trying. I'm, I, I suppose, I, am I name dropping? I am a bit. It depends what you're about to say. Okay, my point is, so I had this dresser. If you might want to, I don't know, do you want to say the name? Yes. Okay. She um, was. Because I could insert five, at least so five ridiculous. others. Well, what's interesting about what I'm saying is that you're bearing in mind here's a show that has all these famous people coming to it, right? And then it finishes. And then what takes over? Doctor Doolittle starring Phil Schofield. Which was a, a flop. It was a massive flop. Didn't ever work, did it? But it also had Julie Andrews doing the voice of the parrot or something fucking stupid like that. So they, they took over and then we left. Would you pause for this sec- one second? I'm going to press pause on the record. Because I'm worried it looks really weird, the recording. One second. Recording badly. I thought it was going to record badly. It looks much better now. Carry on with your story, Reese. So, anyway, so Stephanie, when she finished that, right, she went on to do like a pantomime uh, and um, it, it had Toby Anstis in it and mm-hmm. it had uh, Buster Merrifield mm-hmm. and that. And she said to me, I, t- I, I went, Buster Merrifield, fuck, I love Ernie Fawcett. What's he like? She, He's really nice. He pisses his pants all the time, right? He's dead now. I said, and uh, Toby Anstis, what's he like? He's really nice. Always has shitty pants. Now, I don't care what you say. I can say this. Well, you've been told it. It's not you're saying it's true. You've been told she it. Said she said she'd collect his underwear and he'd have shitty pants. Yes. Now, let's, guys and girls, listen to this. 
bearing in mind, yes, you know, you get nervous before a show. Mm-hmm. You might, you know, and you have a poo. Mm-hmm. Wipe properly. And you run around and you get a bit of yeah. a bad bum. So, but he, but she also told me that when she was doing some show in, I don't know where it was, but Brian Blessed was in it with his wife. Mm. And I'm going to tell this story, and it's not, it's not illegal. No, Alleg- it's not illegal. You've been told this as a it's story. It's a story I've been told. It's an anecdote. It's fine. It's not illegal at all. She, uh, uh, Brian Blessed would always do panto. Because, but bear in mind, guys and girls at home, the, the reason why you see people like John Barrowman doing panto and people like that, that because they get paid a fortune. They get paid about at least... 15, 10 grand a week. Uh, that, no, much more. Much, much more than that. Even more than that. Much, I'm much talking more. about that 1998. So yeah, more than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, there, there was um, Brian Blessed in some panto playing like Captain Nook or something. And she had to go in to collect his underwear to wash <laughs> his clothes. And she walks in and there's Brian Blessed in his <laughs> head in between his wife's legs going... <laughs> And it's, it's, it's his own wife, so it's fine. Going, I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> he basically, he's got a jaw ache. You know, he's going, blah, 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 I, love my, I love my wife. Blah, blah, blah. His beard is like one of the twits. It's full of, like, um, everything. Do you know what? Can I just say something? That story, right? I've told people that story um, third hand. Or, se- mm-hmm. yes, second hand, you, third hand from you. And for some reason, I got them the first one wrong. I think my Don't version's funnier, but not true. What's your Donald Sinden. <laughs> no, Donald Sinden. Here you go. Donald, well, this Don- is why I confused him because I know there's another. Donald Sinden is still alive. Donald Sinden. <laughs> she'd come into she'd come into his room and say another panto again, and so she'd have to go and get Donald Sinden stuff. But after the show, he'd sit there with an erect penis mm-hmm. and say, "Come on, you know, mm-hmm. have a go." Yeah. He must have been seventy-eight then. Yeah. Uh, he must be like 85 but imagine now. Donald Sinder I love my wife that's oh. what I was telling everyone that's what that's the story I've been spreading yeah. that'd be really yeah, but, you know, you, you know, it's weird you know because they get you know I've been in those situations where you you see what goes on in the theatre and they're, they're so desperate they're so bored there's nothing else to do apart from sleep with everyone else <clears> the whole car he was oh in, you can't say that I'll bleep the name Someone. See, carry on with the story, but I'll bleep the name. Some, a famous Australian actor. No, don't say that. <laughs> an, actor, an actor was in the <laughs> and he slept with everyone in the cast. You make it too specific <laughs> to me to bleep it easily. Victor Spinetti. Victor Spinetti. Can I have a week and come back. I think we could end it now. It's been nearly an hour. Hey guys, it's a bonus anyway. They won't be expecting it. It will pop out. Of There'll the be more stories next know. time. And guys, listen. You know, if you've listened to this and you've enjoyed it, great. If you haven't, fine. Um, I'm sorry if I offended you, Mr. Cranky, Mrs. Cranky, Mr. Toby, <laughs> Mr. Toby Anstis, who's with your shitty pants. He's what's, a big fan. What's very weird is I went back to the other day. I went back to for ye- I went back to XFM for years. I went back there the other to day to XFM to XFM, and I had to go back to do a voiceover for Capital. And so I went back in. And I saw. Basically, uh, interesting story, guys. I don't know if you know. Years ago, uh, when I first worked for XFM, me and Carl Pilkinson used to have our own little... He was our, sort of our producer. And I, and I saw our old little booth where we used to work. Right. And, the, and they said, this was old. This was Carl Pilkinson's booth. Well, yeah, I used to work in here. I mean, and they remembered me from the old right, days. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was quite nice. And it was all around. And I remember this story about... Um, I remember, I remember a, a friend of mine told me a story about... There's a famous DJ called the <laughs> and there's a famous uh, story about uh, when before he used to do 
know that thing. Yeah. You get a blowjob. Well, what? From, from. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Why? Yeah, that story. Wow. And he, he confronted with that story once. Oh yeah. She went. Yeah, not good. Oh dear. And on that note, I don't know um, if that can go out into the airwaves. No, but I remember seeing Chris Tarrant uh, when I used to do XFM early days, and it would be can you run one of those? Yeah, of course. And uh, and it, basically, Chris Tarrant, a little secret to you guys, when he was doing the getting all your libel in late. When he was doing when he was doing the XFM, <laughs> when he was doing the, a capital radio show, we'd come in in the morning about like uh, we'd be in at five o'clock, and we'd kind of go through the show and start at six. And basically, Chris Tan would normally start at six as well, but he would pre-record the first hour and a half the day before. Cheeky. And then come in late. I would, I would He was always I mean. so miserable. He was such a miserable cunt. Um, I think that everyone knows that, though, don't they? There's a sort of deadness, a sharp, sharp look to I mean, I remember meeting uh, Noel Edmonds in the lift at the BBC. Yeah. And he still had his helicopter glasses on, even though... We know for a fact well, the helicopter pad was a long way away from where he landed. Yeah, but if you've got a fucking helicopter, you want everyone to know about it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> is there anything else we need to say? Um, if you want to uh, contact us with any questions on Twitter, um, at Reese Thomas OBE, at Tony Paul Way, um, and if you could hashtag them, T, hashtag oh, T yeah. and W pod. And that's how you can do it. I'm glad you're this um, shit. Yeah, but someone's got to do it. You're not going to. You're just going to lie. I, d- I don't even know what my fucking Twitter page <laughs> is. Um, guys, also, listen, guys. Also, if you do listen to it, we don't. We haven't put any plugs out. But if you we could rate plugs. it five stars and a little review, won't go amiss. Hey, it makes other people wait, listen. Wait, it keeps us the happy. idea of what we're doing here, guys, is that we you're spending an evening with us guys. What we talk about, and all we ever do is rem- reminisce about our old times, how great it was, and. We never talk about what we're doing now, which is always quite dull. Yeah, well, we enjoy. will do. We'll maybe hang get on. on to that. It's, it's, hang on, wait, before we finish. What are you doing now? Me, I'm writing a film. Well, you go. No, we can talk about I'm writing a Hollywood film. Every, yeah, but you can't talk about it specifically. No, I can't. And um, I can't talk about everything. Well, I can now, but everything's already out and it's been and gone. Yeah, he's been and mm-hmm. gone. I'm doing a thing which is a major film. Oh, I mean, Sherlock on, on Sunday. Oh, One line, one line. But I would have done it with no line. This well, is the end of our podcast. Yeah, I'm you. Uh, the best ones are the best ones that we don't do oh. without knowing. Oh. I agree. Um, and if you didn't like it, well, fucking hell, it's free, and we didn't even know we were going to do it this evening. So no. just be thankful that we bothered.